0: Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the Ladies of Anime Trending. If you're looking for a nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by.
1: Hello, I am Isabel, and. This is Agnes.
0: So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about our favorite plot twist. So I'm going to say this right ahead of time because even though I've already stated this before that our episodes will dive into spoilers, I think naturally the three of us just tried our best to stay straight away from very obvious spoilers. Just because, you know, I understand some people like to hear people discuss about anime and stories that they haven't yet read or seen. Myself included. I am that person. Uh, but in this case, since we are talking about plot twists, this is spoiler, 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 spoilers. So please check our description of the episode to see which anime we are discussing. Because if there are any anime in our episode description or that are anime you plan to watch that you do not want to get spoiled on in regards to plot twists, then Do not listen to this episode until you have. So with that out of the way, uh, Agnes, it is your turn to start us off this week. So what are some of your favorite plot twists that you have seen in all the years of watching anime?
2: For sure. Yeah. So this first one that I'm going to talk about is a plot twist that i discovered through the manga first because i was first a manga watcher a manga reader before an anime watcher um but it is Ogata's betrayal in Golden Kamuy. Oh. And i see this as a plot twist because when i was watching it and when i was reading it Ogata kind of transforms from a soldier that was part of Su- uh, Surumi's intelligence army. Kind of defects to go along with like Sugimoto and Asirpa on their adventures, and over time he kind of gets domesticated by Asirpa with the way that she like feeds him, with the way that she forces him to be more comfy with the rest of the group, with Sugimoto kind of acting as like his rival but throwing a lot of jabs his way. So throughout the journey, it feels like Ogata is very. Like he's turned from like a bad guy to a good guy. But in the end of season two of Golden Kamui, when they are just about to free Asirpa's father from prison and ask him about the location of the gold, he is headshotted by a sniper. And it's not revealed until the very end of that episode that the culprit behind his death is actually Ogata, who immediately defects, takes Asirpa away from Tsukimoto and kind of like lies around her, to try to figure out where the location of the of where of where the gold is and ultimately become a big antagonist at the end of season 2 and into season 3 i i say that it's like the biggest um i guess like plot twist for me was because i was always like reading it from the manga when i was in college and the manga updates like fairly slowly due to schedulations that were online at the time and then you weren't you know there weren't a lot of published uh, volumes that were available at bars and nobles so when i read it at school i w- it was i remember the exact time and where i was i was in a public space it was like 4 p.m and i audibly let out like the biggest gasp in the entire common room everyone looked at me and i have a an upperclassman who also reads golden comedy and i was like yanking him by the sleeve i was like <laughs> did, you see? did you see what this bastard did and i was like I wasn't sobbing, but it sounded like I was in absolute hysterics because I, as a lot of people know in this podcast, I love Ogata. I have a very cute Nendo of him. Um, but I was like, problematic fades. Totally <laughs> yeah, I, problematic fades, yes. But I was like totally shocked that Ogata would, na- would like flat out betray Sugimono and the Serapis. So I went like absolutely ballistic and I was like crying, sobbing. <laughs>
0: For me, in that moment, I kind of knew that it was probably Ogata. So, the bigger plot twist is when Sugimoto actually got shot. That was the part. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, when he
2: gets shot, too, because that's when he gets his brain injury. Yeah. And just yep. like, oh my god, like, Ogata actually hates everyone. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for because it's like when he first, when uh, Ashinopa's dad first got shot, that didn't surprise me because I was like, I'm like, this is too early. Like, he's going to have to die in this regard right. for like the yeah. story to continue. But then the fact that right after that, Sugimoto gets shot, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. and, so-
2: <laughs> yeah. and it's, uh, it's really interesting because now that I've finished catching up with all the manga, since the manga has ended in Japan, there's a lot more plot twists that come up with Ogata regarding that. So it's just very, like, wow to see it, like, all the way into the end. It's a wild rollercoaster.
0: Wow. Golden Conway has a lot of good plot twists. Sorry,
2: Isabel, go on. Huh.
1: Oh, no, I just want to know, Agnes, has your, like, uh, I guess, perception of Ogata changed throughout all oh, these yeah. plot twists?
2: It has totally changed, and I absolutely love it, because he was, like, Ogata shows up in episode two of Golden Kamuy, and he's like a nobody on screen. He gets like shot between the jaw. He gets like shot by a Sugimoto, He goes rolling down the hill, and half of his face gets mauled by a bear. And that's like a pretty common occurrence with a lot of the soldiers that are lost in the first season of Golden Kamui. But he steadily see as the series progresses, Ogata becomes increasingly more unhinged and more psychopathic, and so apathetic by the end of this series that it's Kind of crazy, and then his whole backstory like contributes to the way that he is too. So it's really wild to see. And I was a bit disappointed though that in the anime they didn't an animate actually his first reappearance into the series was at the barber shop that has which features a really great showdown between him and um, and Hijikata, which kind of like threw me off a bit because that's the only way that he's actually re- properly reintroduced into the story instead of kind of like thrown in there into season two. Um, but yeah, definitely my perception has changed with him over time. And I just love it because he's just very complicated <laughs> as a problematic favorite.
0: I remember... uh an- oh, this is actually not the biggest plot twist for me for Golden Kamui, but... The one that was the biggest plot twist for me, my jaw genuinely dropped. Which, which, one, <laughs> which
2: one was your favorite plot twist? Because I've read a lot of the manga. so.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. It was not Tsukishima. Oh gosh.
2: Hotsuka's uh, the main oh, antagonist. Ota, oh, a oh, reveal? Oh man, that yeah, was... Yeah, yeah. I was also shook. I was like... I remember oh tsunami
0: think, lieutenant tsunami uh, yeah. lieutenant tsunami's like backstory when it got revealed I uh, like I genuinely went <gasps> yeah <laughs> like, okay. that that was
2: also me reading the manga too but I think I was more shocked with all of that while reading the manga not so much with the anime but because oh god this is my problematic favorite that like tops everything else
0: yeah for sure I think what got me the most is that. So Hoshino Otsuka-san, who voices uh, Lieutenant Tsunami, he has a very distinct voice, and yes. so he's he's a very famous uh, voice actor. And he's overall, a,
2: very I believe he's Jiraiya's voice actor from Naruto. Right? Yes.
0: Overall, yeah. he's a very famous voice actor, very well known and stuff. So you'd think that you'd be able to tell it's his voice because I do genuinely think it's very distinct. But the man, you know, it proves. Like he's proven his acting chops before. And this was just honestly another reminder to the skill that he has because he, that was the same voice actor voicing a younger Tsurumi in the whole backstory that I'm not going to give away in this case, like what the backstory was, but <laughs> that was the same voice actor. And I could not tell that that was him until yeah. the
1: yeah. reveal.
0: And I actually went back. Back and listen to the the clips of it, the younger clips of it, where I was like, "Oh, that is him!" It like he did such a good job of masking his usual pitch and tone that it genuinely flew over my
2: head. So- yep, yep. They did it. Like, I feel like they did a really good execution of that plot because it's like it's so. It's the the feeling hits different between the manga and the anime, right? Right. When I read the manga, I was more shocked because it's like it's so subtle in the manga. There's like a lot of subtleties in Golden Comedy in general due to uh, Noda's pacing of the panels and also his art style. So you have to like pick that up from the manga. But then when you have it in an animated form it's not so much now of his subtle art style, but it's now the voice acting that has to kind of like carry the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a fantastic job. And the voice acting can
0: give it away. That's how some of the plot twists um, didn't work for me in the anime because I've, not for Golden Conway, but just overall, like I've, once I've gotten used to
2: mm? I think we talked about Erased was another example of how the voice acting Mm -hmm. gave it away because (laughs) everybody who read the manga for Erased Did not know who the uh, antagonist was, right? Mm -hmm. But by like what, like halfway through the series, like they revealed first time the antagonist's voice, and everyone's like, oh, we know exactly who it is. Exactly,
0: exactly. And so it's like, so that was a hard thing to like pull over my, especially someone like me who's watching like 20 anime a season. Like I have, just from sheer volume of like content I consume, my brain has already pretty much memorized of what certain voices sound like and stuff like that. And it mm. still slipped right past me. Yeah, that was that was my moment where I my my jaw dropped
2: and I gasped and then and then I was just like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you understand my pain now. How did you feel now? Because I'm gonna ask, um, how did you feel about Otonoshin's backstory with Surumi?
0: Uh oh, um,
2: if you watched it.
0: This is in season four, right?
2: Yeah, the latest season that they had to unfortunately put on pause.
0: Oh, right, because someone died very unexpectedly. That's right. Um, Oh, I should look at when it restarted. (laughs) Um, uh, But I I guess like, wait, what are you asking? Like, if my views changed
2: or? No, so like you mentioned, like, how... Because, like, that's one of the other big plot twists was oh, how Otonoshin no. ended up in Surumi's, uh like, regimen.
0: No, so that one did not surprise me in this case. Okay. I, think, I think it's because at this point I could already tell that... Um, I mean, it's past the the very heart wrenching, really, in my opinion, backstory of Sutemi, where I'm like, he's turned into the person who's like the great manipulator. You know, he reads people and he manipulates them too, and he says exactly what they want to hear to get him to get them to act the way that he wants them to. So, at this point, anytime that he's involved, where it's past that backstory, uh, which is, you know, most of them are, I'm kind of always suspecting him. You see, you know what I mean? Gotcha.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
0: Um, but anyway, yes, uh, Colin Conway has a lot of great, great, great plot twists, very iconic ones in my opinion. So if that is your first pick, then what's a second favorite plot
2: twist that you've had? Uh, my second favorite plot twist is actually from a pretty semi-oldish show. I didn't watch the show to its completion when I was much younger. I got kind of bored halfway through the series. So I decided to skip to the end. Wow. I apologize okay. to many of the viewers. I may actually try to go back and rewatch it now as an adult. But uh, my favorite plot twist reveal that happens at the end of this series that I unfortunately skipped my way through was Lelouch's orchest- orchestration of his entire plot oh! and his ultimate death mm-hmm. in, Gold- in Code Geass.
0: Yes, okay. Oh. I-, I actually considered that, believe it or not, but yes.
2: <laughs> yes, so I so when I was much younger, I did not have the patience to sit through a lot of mecha anime. So I was watching like you know, the first season of, of Code Geass, but then my younger brain was like, all this strategizing is too complicated. It's so <laughs> boring. When are we going to do the fight? Wait, 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 wait. And so like, <laughs> me being dumb 13-year-old decided to skip all the way to the end to see like how it was going to like finish up. And my jaw dropped at how... I didn't watch a lot of the... The all the machinations between, like, season one and season two. But in that moment, my 13-year-old ape brain that decided to skip all the way to the end completely clicked with how Lelouch orchestrated the whole thing. And I was just so blown away by the amount of emotion and empathy and just the sheer grief and guilt in that one episode of Lelouch revealing, like putting himself up now as the new emperor of Britannica and then having his best friend kill him in his former disguise as Zero, which ends the whole reign of like tyranny and injustice in the entire empire. And I thought to myself, like, you know, even though Suzaku is technically the hero because he is dressed up as Zero, Lelouch is still considered the hero in the eyes of like Suzaku and all of their other friends because... He sacrificed himself, basically, for all of this and knew inherently that because he is offspring of the Empire, he also has to go to... It's kind of like the the past has to die sort of thing. And I found that to be incredibly romantic when I was 13, so... (laughs) That, that was my biggest plus. twist.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I consider Lelouch's, uh ending for this podcast. The ultimate reason why I didn't is that when I was watching as a kid, I did have a feeling that he had to, like, get rid of himself some way. Whether he was alive or dead, I just knew that he had to, like, like he had a plan where he would have to be gotten rid of so so right. in regards to how did surprise me that was the surprise for me but in regards to the actual results of what happened I did kind of predict that so that's okay. why it ultimately didn't make it to top 10 but that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it because like, right, right. I really like, really enjoyed he, it <laughs>
2: instead of like quietly going away he makes it like this huge like yeah. propaganda fest hmm of, you know, putting himself up there and being like, the emperor has died, you know, the empire is no longer here. And you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I also did a like the fact like
0: that it that. wasn't even an assassination scene as in like, you know, quietly someone comes down. Like, no, takes
2: them it, out. Was, <laughs> it was like huge. It was like almost like a like an actual revolt kind yeah. of like revolution. kind yeah, of Yeah. So and I think was that really was the cool. purpose
0: of it is for it to right. seem like a revolt. So exactly.
2: So, yeah, that was like the that's why I saw it as like a big plot twist because like nobody saw it coming. Everybody thought that Lelouch was going to like take back Britannica and like make it a better place for everybody. But now nah, he, he knew he had to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. What about you, what Isabelle? G. Did
1: you watch Code Kiyasu? Yeah, I have been silent because I actually have not seen it. I have tried it, oh. but um, I don't know. Like, the art for me is a little dated now that I, I tried watching mm-hmm. it, so I just think yeah. I would have to, like, trudge through it. And not to mention... I have been spoiled by the ending already. Like, just like I figured, this was like old that.
0: enough where you probably saw. Like, yeah, I've <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah there's, right.
1: there's a lot of clips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's true. So that's
2: and memes.
0: I think this is the. Uh, I think this was the uh, the thumbnail for the anime video called "Top Ten Anime Betrayal." Oh,
2: <laughs> makes sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I I recognize it as a meme. So that alone, I feel like you probably have been spoiled by it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I I when you were saying like the older art style, I was like, ah yes, the pointy chins, the very, very pointy chins pointy No, chin no, but
2: it's not hair. just the pointy chins, it's the long, unrealistic legs. <gasps> You're oh. right. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> they great. look great in their outfits, but oh my god, they are very skinny and very unrealistic looking. <laughs> Oh,
0: gosh, yeah, no, I, I really liked Code Geass as well, so I'm glad that the second one that you spoiled Isabella on is definitely one that she most likely would have already been spoiled on, so, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, Code Geass was really good, and I guess, so, are you considering finishing it now? Or, okay, sorry, I have a I have another question. Did the jump confuse you at all? Because I feel like... no.
2: Okay. It did not confuse me at all because, like I said, like I had an inkling near the end of season one that something radical had to happen. Mm, okay, and I don't know why my thirteen-year-old ape brain decided to become seventeen-year-old and understand everything, even though there's like no context for season two, but it somehow did.
0: Okay, well, I mean, very um, impressive. <laughs>
2: So I, I can't, I don't know how else to explain. It. I'm not bragging, that's just how I remember the ending. And I'm just like so enamored by it. But yeah, I don't otherwise I don't remember anything
0: else. Petition for um, Agnes to debut her little Agnes voice every episode.
2: <laughs> I sound like a gremlin, don't I? Oh my god, it's so boring. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to revisit those days. Those are dark days. <laughs> uh, what was your What was your second question?
0: Oh, no, I've changed my mind on
2: the question. Okay, okay, okay. Uh,
0: All right, so in that case, I believe that the baton goes to me now. So both of my plot twists are from relatively uh, newer stuff, and the reason why is my remembrance of the biggest plot twist came from... Very classic anime that I feel like we've mentioned a million times already, whether it's Naruto or Fumara Alchemist Brotherhood or Fumara Alchemist, you know, the 2003 version or Bleach or whichever. And so I can't quite tell why those plot twists were so big to me. And it could just be because I watched those when I was younger, where I hadn't really caught on to, you know, story formats and typical plot beats yet. So it was overall just easier to get me in regards to a plot twist so or I'm like maybe those just had more plot twists because they were longer and so I I really don't know why but most of my plot twists were related to those anime that we've talked about and heard about a lot of times so I wanted to avoid that so as a result the plot twists I have picked are from more similar or sorry from more recent anime so with that being said, the first one I want to talk about, and I do know we all know this one, so I don't feel bad about spoiling anyone. It's Your Name. Specifically, the plot twist that the two of them were actually, like, writing to each other on different timelines.
2: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I-, I could see why. Yeah, that-, that was definitely a very interesting plot twist when I went to go see it in theaters.
0: Yes, and that one just really caught me off guard. And I think it's because with any sort of body swap sort of stories, it's always... It's either extremely in different eras you know where you could just obviously tell that they're not on the same timeline they're just in different time periods period or they're literally happening at the same time and it's about them having to meet to properly like get back into their bodies and stuff like that. But in this case, I didn't expect there to be a, to to be at the different time periods simply because they all look the same. They're wearing the same kind of outfits of modern outfits. And so the idea of them, you know, operating on separate times just uh, didn't clue me in. Though the beginning actually gave us a hint in the movie like the very first opening scene, it was from Taki's POV and it was a girl and it was the main girl uh, uh, who gives her ribbon to him and was just like and basically said not to um, to remember her. And I remember it being like, uh, I was like, that's a little weird to start off the movie. And then it went into the whole thing. And I promptly forgot about the first opening scene. But once the reveal happened, where it's like, no, he's been body swapping with a girl who has actually died already in his current time that I was like oh because she she must have found him and it was during a time that he didn't recognize her and that was like that whole like um you know brain
1: exploding
2: <laughs> <chip. laughs> I was like and I it all it, makes it, sense it's very genius for Makoto to come up with that too because between, like, the 70s and, like, the early 2000s, like, late 2000s in Japan, like, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Like hmm the world, they weren't
0: even, like, different decades. They were, like, I think maybe two or three months apart at most. And so, because I think the comet thing was happened, like, half a year ago or something. Like, oh, so maybe a year back is all it is. But, yeah, it's just, it's not that Big gap of a time in between them. So the idea Well oh, I of- thought it
2: was a big gap of time in between.
0: Uh, it's no, like three years, no. I think,
1: or no what I don't know what the timelines are actually.
0: Um three years? Uh, well actually I know, now I'm gonna have to look it up. But it's not big <laughs> enough to be a decade. Okay, that much guy. is certain, yeah. Let's
1: see. But yeah, I agree. Like you said, it could have been in the same timeline. That's what it looked like, especially if Mitsuha was kind of like in the countryside mm mm-hmm. you know, talking wouldn't have known about this.
0: Let's see. Oh, you're right. Wow, Isabel, right on the money. three years. Uh.
2: Damn. okay, 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 yeah. gotcha.
0: But three years is still like a pretty close gap. And you know, like you pointed out, within a decade and not much changes, like it's always the it's always the end of a decade and the beginning of a decade is where that transition happened. But if you're smack dab in the middle, there's not gonna be that <laughs> much difference between that. And so for that reason, it was just really hard to predict and I really liked it and I think it tied all the scenes that you had question marks about together and so I don't know it just really caught me off guard and I really enjoyed it for that reason so um so yeah it sounds like uh it sounds like it didn't shock you guys as much from the sound of it so what how did you guys react when that was revealed specifically
2: um I thought it was okay I think it's more of the fact that I was kind of waiting to see, like, when the stakes were going to show up in a movie. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of like at one point, like, everyone was hyping up your name. And I was like, okay, okay, your name is being hyped up. It's a- I-, I thought it was like a rom-com. So I was like, okay, okay, this is a rom-com. Okay, where are the stakes in the rom-com? And I was, like, waiting until that moment dropped at the reveal that she is technically a girl that would have already died or existed before him. And I was like, okay, the stakes are here now it's the race against time and then eventually it clicked but it didn't give me a sense of like a overwhelming wow shriek cry uh sob huddle on the floor kind of moment so
0: (laughs) you say that but actually when uh when we watched your name it was on my birthday and my friends were huddled (laughs) on I just think it's really funny that <laughs> because it's distinctly I remember one of my friends like collapsed on the crowd <laughs> oh man what about you Isabel
1: yeah for me the it's funny because the biggest shock moment for me and, and throughout the whole movie itself I was just enamored by like the art <laughs> and oh. the drawing <laughs> like, I was like distracted it's weird because the, the moment for me is like this one i think when they meet on the, like the i think the top of the mountain or the cloud or something when they're writing yeah. about each other yes band. i think that for me was kind of like the climax and like i was more like it's, it's funny because i i really was entranced by like the sounds <laughs> in the movie i was like focused oh. on other things the first time watching and then i feel like i didn't really the you know that part with the three years apart and her on the train and everything that didn't click with me. I was just like, "Oh, okay." And then I was confused. I was like, "What?" I was like trying to. <laughs> <laughs> <No>! <laughs> yeah. She did
2: not break back to reality. I was like, "Oh, wait,
1: I missed yeah. something." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I
2: don't blame you though. I was watching uh, a lot of YouTube videos with like Emma Ritsu, that really popular uh, anime YouTuber, and she also mentioned that she was so distracted by because she's also an artist YouTuber. And she was so distracted by the visuals of your name that she completely forgot like the more emotional like time skip gap and the fact that she's now she's dead but now alive kind of thing. She was just like, oh my god, yeah, I totally did not register my brain. So I can see why you reacted the same way too, because was oh like, so visually stunning.
0: Actually, you are also reminding me of one of my friends. So at first he didn't like it and he said that it confused him, but then on the second rewatch he really liked it after that. And we had talked about it over Hot Pot one day, and he says that he thinks it was also because he got so distracted by the visuals and the sound and like like sort of what's going on on screen that his brain just stopped paying attention to the story or didn't <laughs> properly log the story. That is so interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that share the same sentiment. And I think that goes the same way for um, uh, weathering with you as well. Is it like just a senses overload sort of thing? It's a sense overload yeah. because because if you compare like the gap between Makoto Shinkai's movies to all other anime movies before that, nothing comes to as close as his production quality when your name dropped. Mm. And so that was like a, an enormous visual spectacle. And on top of that, you're watching it in theaters. You're not watching it on like Crunchyroll or Funimation. Right, right. So mm-hmm. that already is just overwhelmingly huge you know you have the surround sound you have the bright screen everything is like super duper crisp if you're going to go watch it like in an IMAX or even if you watch it in a regular theater so it's a very different feeling overall I had a similar feeling when I was like watching the One Piece Red film too where even though the plot is very basic you're just so overwhelmed by like the colors the sound it's a sense it's a sense sort of thing not so much of a a deep dive into like the plot the psychological part of it but that's
0: really interesting and I'm guessing you don't have that issue with Studio Ghibli films though right Isabel?
1: I I may also have a little bit of that <laughs> issue. Okay, okay, got it. Distracted visually is is probably the best way to describe it. I, I have to watch the movie at least maybe twice to actually I mean, understand. To
2: be honest, like who wasn't getting hungry when they saw Calcifer cooking eggs and bacon? Let's be oh, real.
0: Yeah. oh I was admiring the man. So.
2: <laughs> the dramatic man? Okay, okay.
0: Okay. You know I like my inks. So.
2: I, I, that is true
0: oh man all right so that is my first pick my second pick actually just happened last year and it's called akiba made war do are do any of you guys care that i'm about to just spoil like a huge part of the whole episode no
1: go ahead yeah okay so go ahead
0: do you guys need the premise actually i should ask about that first yes okay made
1: war Is it between maids? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah. So basically, as uh, you know, you guys know, because we've discussed this on our podcast is Akihabara once was actually quite dangerous. It had a lot of actual gain activities. And I think uh, maybe Yakuza dealings. I don't know, but definitely gain activities and stuff. But at a certain point, it became known as uh, it became known as an otaku area instead where there isn't that much. Actually, it's not known for gain activities anymore. So the writers very cleverly um, blended the two together in the fact that there are gain activities, but they're between maid cafes (laughs) instead. And so it's a very fun way of, you know, combining two elements of history in regards to this section of Japan, or specifically Tokyo, and putting it into this really wild, crazy anime. So the whole like plot twist all occurs in one episode because how it starts off is this girl, she's always wanted to be part of a maid cafe, but she went in not knowing that maid cafes were essentially gangs. And so she got swept into the whole process and she finds this really like dinky, it's literally called oinky dink, but it is really dinky cafe where the, uh, where the maids are dressed up as like cute, like pig Maids, where it's just, like... And all the maid cafes are some kind of animals. That's to represent their gang, is essentially what it is, is the animal. And so... um, And so there are so it's like that whole like oh it's a group of misfits and now they have to survive and it's kind of ridiculous so suspensions of disbelief is really easy to do and specifically the there are certain characters that kind of stand out to you one is uh joining alongside her is another maid who is already in her 30s which is very very rare because most of the maids in the maid cafes are like young like young 20 year olds and so it turns out she was in prison at some point and she has recently gotten out and we find out, and this is not the plot twist part, but her name is Ronco. So Ronko basically lost, um, when she used to be part of another maid cafe, uh, that, that maid cafe disbanded. It, the their leader got gunned down very unexpectedly in an assassination and out of like fury for essentially who was like kind of her mother figure. She ended up, killing uh, the people that was responsible for for gunning down her um, the leader of her maid uh, maid game is what it is and so she ended up going to jail and so during her stint in jail she realized that she really wasted her life on revenge and so she came back out and like in her mind she was like I am just going to devote myself to just being a maid and really enjoying that aspect of my life that I always really liked and so Um, And so the manager uh, decides to hire her. And so that's one of the more important characters. The second one is actually a panda. So... There is this panda, a monster group of maids and Oinky Doink, and no one questions the panda. The panda is just there, hanging around, eating bamboo, and I was, and so because none of the characters questioned it, I, like, eventually, I also didn't question it, because I was like, okay, you know, this is already a huge suspicion of disbelief anime as it is, so you know having a random animal there is nothing new to anime so i'm also gonna just disregard that panda and so it just seems like the panda was their mascot is what it was um but anyway uh about like halfway into the series this customer enters and seems to be really interested in ronko and would always visit her and stuff and he talks and i was like that's juichi suave They would not pick (laughs) Juju Suave for a random guy, a random customer (laughs) in the anime. Like, he's going, like, there is no way they called Juju Suave to come into the studio, voice a single line of dialogue, and just have him leave. So I had, like, my eyes zeroed in on him throughout the uh, whole series. And he does come back, but the way that they set him up is it seems like he's developing feelings for Ronco, and he's also. like an older quote-unquote older man so late 30s versus like the younger 30 or the younger men who would come into the cafe and go through maid cafes and stuff like that and so a lot of the girls thought it was cute and funny and they're like oh you should you know you should go out with him and just hang out with him and see what it's like and stuff like that and but then the but then the penultimate episode happened and it was revealed that he is actually an assassin who works for the Yakuza group that oversees all the maid cafes, um, and and he basically kills whoever the mafia group tells him to kill. And so the so the first plot twist, um, so that by itself like was just disappointing because <laughs> I really shipped them, but I was like, okay, it's fine. But where the plot twist really starts coming in is the fact that all him and Ronco and the Panda were all interconnected because it turns out that there is a girl in the Panda, which I did suspect, but what I did not suspect was the girl in the panda to be the girl who actually gunned down Ronco's original um, Ronco's original boss. It turned out that she was alive. Ronco did not manage to kill her. And that was never mentioned before. So she had been there with Ronco the entire time and no one knew about it. And what had actually happened was that she was um, she she was told to uh, she was ordered to kill the boss, the boss of another maid gang. And she did it because she thought it was her time to climb up, but she actually had never killed anyone before. So after she killed the Maid Gang uh, leader, she flipped out and she runs for her life. And then um, who she ran into... Uh, was this other, was this customer, a.k.a. Junichi Suave's character, that she had felt, like, favored her and uh, liked her and would come visit her a lot. And it turned out everything was set up. The people the people who told her to kill them never were going to promote her. They were just going to have her killed off once she did her job. And so she managed to get away from him just through, like, sheer trickery and manipulation. Um But then after that went into hiding and literally her hiding was just buying a panda suit (laughs) and like (laughs) hanging out around the corner. So that reveal was very shocking to me. But then the second thing that shocked me was the fact that it turns out at the very end that, you know, now you're expected, okay, so this guy who has been seeing Ronko, Junji Suave, I'm sorry, Junji Suave, that's how I remembered him (laughs) as, so, um, Junji Suave is, is, like, told to kill Ronko, and everything up until that point had been him planning out this meticulous murder to make sure he pulls it off, and- To protect Ronco, because now the the girl who originally killed Ronco's um, Ronco's leader, uh, she obviously regrets what she did. And she knows what she did was really wrong. And so to protect Ronco, she went ahead and killed the assassin when the assassin's back was turned. And so... Um, And now through this whole thing, Ronco like already knew the truth now. So Ronco was sort of already expecting this guy to come kill her. And so she would self-defend herself and probably kill him in the process sort of thing. But then um, at the meet point where they were supposed to meet, he never came. And it, it was because the panda girl ended up killing him instead. But then at the very, very end of the episode, it was revealed that essentially the um, Juizu Suave's character never intended to kill Ronko at all. In fact, his feelings for her had turned genuine and he had called the mafia boss to be like the Yakuza boss and told her like, I'm not doing this and you can come after us if you want, but I'm like, I'm running away with her. And so... Everything that happened at the very end was all for naught. He never planned to actually kill Ronco. Um, the panda girl didn't protect Ronco from anything. And Ronco never found out the truth because of that. And it was just one thing after the other that was just all going downhill. <laughs> and so... um And so that episode overall just shook me because I felt like something was building, but I just wasn't expecting that to be the whole thing that ended up getting built, especially the panda girl. The panda girl was the one that threw me out of the loop the most, especially since I've already heard from Ronco that she killed that entire maid game that was responsible for her that was responsible for her um her leader's death so it's the idea that the girl at the very beginning that gunned down her mother figure was actually alive and there the whole time just unbelievable i i couldn't believe it so it's a very crazy anime and i ended up enjoying it a lot at the very end but you really gotta you really gotta embrace the craziness is how i best say it so yeah
2: <laughs> I can see why um, you shipped uh, June uh, Yeah, so pick. that
0: is my second pick. And quite honestly, I was more upset at the fact that my ship is forever dead. And um, and in more ways than one, because it turns out also another plot twist that happened was Ronco died as well. She also gets murdered in like the second to last episode. That one made me like go into disbelief for a moment. Because I was like, she... I'm like, no, the guy already died. Like she can't die as well. But then it turns out she also gets killed. So... A whole bunch of things, and um, I really enjoyed *Akuma Made War* for doing that to me. If nothing else, as crazy as it is. So yeah, so that is my second pick. Um, Isabel, I think it is now your turn to talk about your picks for your favorite plot twists. So lay it out to us. You know which uh, which ones have really gotten to you throughout the years. <laughs>
1: oh yeah actually before that agnes you said that you looked up did you look up junichi suave's character like you can see oh why yeah gracie... i was going
2: to mention something but i wasn't sure since Gr- i think i don't know if gracie heard me or right not, but that's fine uh, i was gonna say like i can see why you really like junichi suave's character and Ronco because it's the enemies to lovers true
0: <laughs> oh yes sorry i didn't hear you at all why did you talk
2: <laughs> uh like like almost at the very end because there was like a slight pause and I was going to jump in, but then you just completely overrode and I was just like, Oh, it could just be a latency issue. So I oh my really gosh,
0: t- I heard nothing from you. No, no, it's okay, it's
2: okay, don't, chill, 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 chill it's fine. <laughs> I already said my piece, so you're good.
0: Okay, yes, no, it is, I, so my friend laughed at me, because I was basically so sad that another of my ships sunk,
2: and so. Oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> that's I, right.
0: And I told her, I was like, well, my ship has sunk, and she's just like, oh Gracie, why do you do this to yourself? But she was like, I'm not surprised, and then only like two weeks later, I was like well they can be together now and then my friend was just like Gracie please (laughs) she was like oh my god did the girl die too and I was like yes (laughs) uh it's it's sad indeed (laughs) but yes Gigi Suave's character is definitely good he's an assassin and enemies to lovers and come on Gigi Suave so
2: (laughs) Yeah, you can't say no to that,
1: man. <laughs> uh, all
0: right, so uh, now your turn, Isabel. <laughs> Unless oh, I missed questions from you as well, let me know. Um.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. I definitely just wanted to hear what Agnes had to say because I was curious. But but yeah, we can move on uh, to my picks. Uh, the first one I have is from 2015 anime called School Live. Have either of you seen that one? or
2: School Live. Yes. Only the title sounds familiar, but I don't know the premise i okay. do not
0: know school life
1: okay yeah it's like one of the if you look at the cover of the anime it looks like a oh movie. i know it okay i, I understand <laughs> why you chose this okay i understand no. I think the, the plot twist happens in the first episode so i don't think yes, that's plot too twist much. happens in, no so um but that plot twist like had me in for like for watching the whole series just because based off like kind of like the image like if you look it up it's it looks like a cute girl kind of like school anime like these school I think they're middle schoolers is what it is
2: I think so yeah
1: yeah and so I I didn't plan on watching the show when it was when it started airing um but my friend recommended to me he was just like you just have to watch it and I was like why am I watching this you know cute girl show that looks like they're middle schoolers like I didn't expect much and it's definitely like starts off that way. Like the main girl that we kind of follow, her name is Yuki and she's just, you know, having a you know a good day at her club and talking about talking to her classmates and everything about her day and just complaining about, you know, school stuff or things that happen. So in the first half of the episode for our majority of it, I just was like, you know, this, this seems pretty normal. But at the end, this is kind of like where the twist happens is that another um, one of her club members comes in and tries to pick her up and we see the world from her friend's angle which is the girl yuki she's actually talking to nobody in the classroom (gasps) the classroom has like smashed windows like it's a totally bleak atmosphere and the reality is they are in a zombie apocalypse um and the i think it was like the four members are the only surviving girls in the school and they have barricaded themselves on the upper levels of the school and like the um and the school grounds is like filled and littered with like zombies, so a lot of their classmates who had turned into zombies, so it's interesting, like that hooked me, and I'm like, okay, I did not expect that like this test has taken a dark turn, and um, oh that is bleak, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely and then the, and then we kind of you know that pulled me in, and then the rest of the show is kind of it doesn't have too many more plot twists. It's just more like how the girls are surviving, right and things like that, and then how they feel, and not only that, like, mentally, I feel like they're also, you know, kind of, like, battling with reality, and then also Yuki, who's basically using her kind of, like, delusions as a coping mechanism, they kind of have to keep it, you know, lighthearted for her. In a sense, she makes it happier, like, some of the scenes you'll see that, you know, she's trying to hang out normally, or she's talking to her friends that she remembers, and things like that, so it's kind of, like, tragic, but I, I definitely liked it from the beginning to the end at that point just because of how they set it up and how the perspective um, of each character was different depending on how they felt in the situation. Yeah, Agnes, you had heard, you had seen a little bit of this about this or seen clips of it. Like what did you think?
2: I, I didn't see clips. I just knew like it was like that drastic shift between that it was it starts off as very like happy go lucky girls, cute girls do cute things, and then suddenly a zombie apocalypse. That's all that I knew about it. because um, I saw that it was there were a lot of people that were watching it, and that was like their biggest plot twist when they were watching uh Gaku Kurashi. I didn't know it by its English name Mm -hmm. at the time because I think I don't remember if it was actually localized in the U.S. at the time like officially like by Crunchyroll or Funimation but I knew a bit of a Japanese name so that's why when I saw the visual I was like oh my god I know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) because I know the Japanese title.
0: I've never heard of it but That's a stellar way to get people's attention, honestly. (laughs) Um, Even with the way you described it and how, like, it goes through Yuki's point POV. I I also love POV POV shifts. Those are, like, that's, like, one of my favorite Mm -hmm. writing techniques anyway. Like, just using different perspectives. I mean, that's why I liked 86 so much is when, uh, especially in the first season, when they basically showed the same day, but just through two different people's eyes. Like, I love that sort of thing. So when you said that it shifted to that POV, I was like, oh no, oh no. (laughs) And it was like revealed like what actually was the truth. I was just like, oh, (laughs) but that's very effective. So I am, um, I think that is a stellar way to begin the series and it's definitely a plot twist, even if it is at the
2: very beginning. So (laughs) Oh, and just to clarify, actually Yuki is eighteen pre time skip. Oh, so she's in actually in high school. Yeah, this, these are these are high schoolers. <laughs> these ain't middle schoolers. Oh, okay. very shocking though. I guess because uh, the art style makes it look like way too cutesy, so you think that they're middle school. I, I don't yeah. blame you though. I also <laughs> thought they were middle school. I guess
0: maybe they did that on purpose to to scare the whole like. To sell the whole twist yeah they definitely look like middle
2: school that's so. true because you have stuff like that during that time like um high school of the dead right obviously it's it's high school um and all the characters like look more aged up and you're expecting like bleak apocalyptic takeover whatever but as compared to uh gakugurashi or school life where like everyone looks really cute and you think that it's oh it's like a very innocent storyline
0: yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Oh, man, no, that's really good. So it was good, like the whole series, like, I hope this isn't like a one hit thing where the first episode was amazing, and the rest wasn't as good.
1: Yeah, the rest was pretty good, just because like, kind of like determining which perspective was true or not, right? Because we're following Yuki. And so I think it kept me interested. It wasn't something it didn't play out kind of like a typical zombie apocalypse. Um, And also just trying to see how the girls, you know, try to deal with everything. And I do believe it does need a second season just because I think that either I think the manga or whatever the source material was um, has a second part that wasn't animated. So it feels oh, it feels, inc- it feels complete know. in itself, but there's more to it that we didn't really get to see that, you know, trying to see what actually happens to the girls later on. So it's not, yeah, it's not complete in a sense. But yeah, I wish it, it's been a long time, so I don't expect a season two, but maybe reading the manga or something like that.
0: You'd be surprised. I mean, we got that Spice and Wolf unexpected sequel that's coming out Yes, sometime.
1: Spice
2: and Wolf, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. I may have not known economics when I was 13, but it was still good. I like
0: kind of dread it because I'm like, I know they were doing accounting. So I'm like, am I really just going to watch an anime about accounting? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah no I uh, so ultimately uh, I guess my last question is was it scary at all or because I know the tag officially is horror because I'm guessing zombies are involved but did you think it was scary
1: yeah I didn't think it was too scary I think they definitely had some you know, kind of scary scenes but um, but yeah they didn't make it like too bad like kind of like you know one end is like cute and one end is like super gory or something like that I think they kept it relatively balanced mm-hmm. okay cool
0: Alrighty then, so if that is your first pick, then what is your second pick for a plot twist?
1: Yeah, my second one, it shouldn't be a surprise, but I, I chose to go with Attack on Titan just because mm. there's so many plot twists in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I, uh, it was the one where Reiner Reiner, and Berthold are, are revealed to be the Armored Titan right, right, and the Colossal Titan. I think that was shocking to me just because I didn't expect them to be Titans, uh, I saw Annie as a Titan early on just because I was like a female Titan she has like yellow hair or blonde hair. And I was like, it could only be Annie.
0: <laughs> there is a connection here between yeah. the hair color.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I could see that. But I think with the Armored Titan and colossal Titan, you you basically couldn't tell who they were. And so when it was revealed that it was those two, I was that kind of like threw me in for a loop. And um, not only that, like the reveal, like how it was revealed was funny too, just because... I think Reiner was kind of um kind of pressured and just a little bit also maybe anxious or something like that. But then like he, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they had just re- um, rescued Ymir, and this is in season two. And Reiner's just kind of like talking to himself. He's kind of he doesn't seem like he's himself. and he reveals to Aaron just kind of talking like whereas everyone else had stepped away to go do the next thing, he like pulls Aaron away. It's just like, hey, so, uh, you know, me and Bertold here, we're the Armored Titan. He's the Colossal Titan. And I think we can, like, make this all work, like, Aaron, if you come with us to our hometown. And I was like, what? when I was watching, that, I'm like, what the heck is going on? I, <laughs> um, And then Aaron, too, he's just like, yeah, do you think I would just say, okay, sure, let's go. I'll, I'll come with you guys. Um, And it was funny because it's just revealed through a conversation. And then um, what happens after that is that, you know, Mikasa overhears that she's like ready to like rip their throats out.
2: She always is ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that girl's on the edge constantly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I just felt that the the real being a conversation is like something you can rewind to. Like, did I hear right or right? Or what is he doing right now? Like, what's his whole idea? And and to some extent, Aaron is also kind of like maybe like I don't know if he was acting, you know, um, but I think they were definitely on edge after they had. They realized Annie was a Titan and everything, and everything that happened with Ymir. So, but yeah, I really love that part. And then not only that, kind of like the battle that happens after that, they all go, go into Titan mode and start battling each other out. Um, and then the, I really love those action sequences as well. So, that I feel like that was kind of like one of the highlights or one of the many highlights in season two for me in Tack on Titan. And then um, that also, you know, I feel like made everyone question, you know, what is their hometown and where they came from, which is where, you know, we get season three and everything. Um, but yeah, the, that's kind of like the scene that I thought was interesting to me in that season. Uh, what did you guys think when you figure that out or saw that?
2: I think I completely blanked out during season two because it was just so long. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was, in the sense, like, they kept, they kept, uh, I think I was, I was trying to watch between like season one and two and trying to keep up with it, but I think my shock factor for the reveal of Berthold and um, Berthold and Reiner kind of like fell off for me because. There were so many instances in season two that I was so bored with especially with Eren being like where are you taking us where are you going where are we going and like they won't answer him and he keeps asking the same questions throughout the entire (laughs) season and so at that point my brain kind of just like zoned out and I just was not paying attention to it at all until like the very end um but I can definitely see why like a lot of people saw it as like a big shock factor I think I was more shocked about Ymir's transformation into a titan at the end of season two And then later, my biggest shock factor for Attack on Titan, because I only watched up to this point, would be the reveal of more lands by the end of season three. Oh, okay. Well, then that was just my personal take because I felt like season two was not as exploratory enough in terms of like the world building. So that's why I didn't feel that connect of the shock factor of Berthold and Reiner being Titans.
0: For me, I remember that. I actually did like that particular plot twist, though admittedly, I did think season two was funnily enough the weakest of the seasons season three is my favorite um that was with the, <laughs> <Candy>! <laughs> that was with the candy and- like in i i love a good internal conflict so <laughs> you know it's the right points for me season 3 but uh specifically i remember that moment in season 2 because like you said they said it so casually that at first i was just like Aaron, where i was like wait are they joking <laughs> you know like like uh, what are they talking about are they joking until like they pressed it a little more to be like we're dead serious and even then i was like Uh, are you okay, Reiner? (laughs) So, um, and it's it's because of the fact that in season two, we kind of see Reiner starting to break down throughout the episodes where he'll say some very, like, incoherent things that doesn't really make a lot of sense just out of nowhere. Like, he'll, and we find out from his POV in season four, once it's switched over to um, his side in, like, the country that he originally came from, that essentially dealing, doing the whole, like, double, um, Double identities, as well as just the overall guilty conscience of how he was involved with everyone's deaths that he knows now are very much not devils at all, but just normal human beings, um, has made him kind of, like, merge the memories of his, like, private Uh, prior life and like his current life as Reiner and so that's why out of nowhere he'll say something nonsensical where uh Berthold was would be like what are you talking about now we know Berthold was actually uh, kind of panicking because he was giving away the fact that they lived somewhere else but yeah but yeah so throughout the second season you get the sense that Reiner wasn't really quite well per se so when he just casually Mm -hmm. drops the whole like yeah I'm the armor titan and Berthold here is like the you know the what is it called the uh colossal yeah the colossal titan Titan." I was just like yeah is he okay (laughs) because I feel like throughout the second season he hasn't been very okay and then it was like oh 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 he's being real." So that was uh, so that was my reaction in regards to that particular plot twist. but I do know that that caught a lot of people off guard and you know, hats off to Mikasa who was ready to rip off heads the second she heard that so <laughs> She definitely has a faster reaction than me that much is certain because I was the dumb error where I was like, um, excuse me, can you repeat that again? <laughs> I didn't quite hear that so <laughs> Um. But yeah, so I I feel like how we are with Attack on Titan is Agnes doesn't really like it. <laughs> and then I'm like more in the middle where I'm like there are highs and lows. And then Isabel, I feel like you do kind of like it. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely like it. I just feel sad that I, I need to go back and like watch it or read it just because I feel like there's a lot of things that I've forgotten or like there are a lot of details um, that i I want to know before I go into the final part. So that's kind of like my goal before the final season, or I guess the first part of the end, it comes. But yeah. Let Mm -hmm. us never forget that we made an April Fool's
0: joke saying Attack on Titan, final season, part two, part five, final, final. And then it's turning out (laughs) to be true.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: We are future seers, guys. Alrighty then, so I think that sums up our discussion for our favorite plot twist. Uh, you know, thank you everyone who did decide to listen, either because you guys don't care about getting spoiled, or either because you guys already know the plot twist, so you just want to hear us on how we reacted to it. But next week we will be back with another fun topic, and I hope you'll be here with us next time. Bye everyone. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.